Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think everyone was like, man, that is some corny shit. Would you have preferred him to pick a side? I don't know what else you do. I get, I'd probably be doing the same thing in that situation. You want to acknowledge both sides because they're important to you getting to that stage. But the whole pack of Badgers thing, I mean, the texts were flying about that. I don't know what the alternative is. Maybe you say Wisconsin one week, you say NC State the next. But that one was was funny. I'm glad you're doing this podcast because I always thought like, I don't know if it's quite worthy of a 30 for 30, but it's worthy of mini series or segment. There's a lot to it. 99.9 99.9 The Fans, Joe Giglio and Joe Ovius set the record straight and never failed. The Russell Wilson Story Podcast. Brought to you by Copiers Plus. If you don't know how much printing expenses are costing your business, you're probably spending too much. Gain clarity with a free assessment from Copiers Plus. Book yours today at copiers-plus.com. As we close out this podcast, Giglio, I think it's important for the listeners to understand that We stumbled into some timing, full disclosure. When we started planning this, when we started recording the interviews, when I started to deep dive into our 99.9 The Fan and WRAL archives, we did not know that Russell Wilson was going to be giving the commencement speech at NC State on May 14th, 2021. But I guess it's kind of funny. Most of the Russell Wilson story almost feels like it was destiny. It was always meant to happen this particular way. Things just broke this particular way. The butterfly effect. And and I guess we got caught up in it too, didn't we? While we're being honest, if Russell Wilson had given a similar graduation speech to the one he gave in May at Carter-Finley Stadium to the crowd at Wisconsin in 2016, the podcast never would have existed. There would be no reason for it. That graduation speech in 2016 is the entire reason for this podcast, because the story's been told many, 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 many times, and Russell Wilson is the winner in this story. He's the one who went on to become the star in the NFL, marry the star singer, win the Super Bowl, on his way to the Hall of Fame. He's the winner, and he's writing history. My issue, and for many NC State fans, was the graduation speech in 2016, which Quite frankly, he took liberty with the facts. It then became just kind of a given that that's really what had happened. So I would like to thank Russell Wilson for his graduation speech at NC State. In my opinion, that was a great message. He talked about his faith. He talked about his vision. And he, and he thanked the people that helped him. Also, in a roundabout way, he made us look really good, Joe Ovius, because a lot of the stories he told, you've heard in the first five episodes of this podcast. Many of my best memories have happened right here. Throwing a fourth quarter touchdown right in that corner on fourth down to George Bryan, right in that corner of the end zone against Florida State back in 2010. You guys remember that one? That was a good one. Winning here against UNC. Beating UNC on the road, twice on the road. I mean, that was pretty great. You guys remember that scramble, that that tip pass that we caught? 
That was, no, that was fun. But, but there's nothing like winning at home. And Carter-Finley Stadium will always, always feel like home. This campus will always feel like home too. I'll never forget biking to, to class along Western Boulevard, throwing routes with my buddies in, in the parking lot at the College Inn. I used to say, hey, just, just run to the Buick and get open. Late nights at the cookout. I know you guys know about that chicken sandwich. I know, I know. The chicken sandwich, the shake, the seasoned fries, and then the early mornings at Bojangles. Come on. The Bowberry biscuits, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. Those were the good times. I'll be honest. I had some really tough times, too. I was taking 18 credits a semester, playing two sports, graduating in three years, going to sleep at two in the morning, and getting up at four. And just a few weeks after I arrived here, my dad got really sick. He had to get his leg amputated. He passed away my junior year. I look back and I ask myself, how did I get through it? I got through it by having great people around me. That's how. I had my teammates. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little throwback here, but Owen Spencer, Daryl Davis, Jarvis Williams, J5, Big Wayne Crawford, J.R. Sweezy, Willie Young, Willie Young. I mean, Willie, how many fish did we catch that day, Willie? Jamel Eugene, Stephen Hauschka, just to name a few. They had my back. At NC State, I was surrounded by people who believed in me. Annabelle Myers, in the athletic department, I'll never forget our prayers, Annabelle, our conversations, our laughs. Coach Chuck Amato, the first time I walked into the Murphy Center, I saw Coach Amato benching 100-pound dumbbells. Coach Elliot Avent, my baseball coach, he can't be here today, but I have to give him a shout-out. The two of them saw this kid from Richmond, Virginia. They took a chance on him and offered him a scholarship to come here to Raleigh. Didi Hoggard. I love you, brother. I'll tell, all, I'll tell you all about Didi Hogger a little bit later. It'll be worth the wait, I promise. Smoke, our equipment manager. Where's Smoke at? I'll let, you, I'll let you in on a little secret. No one could catch a post route like Smoke. That's just a few names. There's a lot more. No matter how tough times got, though, I was never alone. I could count on people who supported me, challenged me, most of all, they saw something in me, who I could be, what I could achieve. Their vision helped me live with vision. I remember when, I remember once one game, we were playing at University of Miami here in Carter-Finley Stadium. This game was special to me because my dad was extremely sick and he snuck out of the hospital just so he could see me play. He, he sat up there in that corner over there. He snuck out of the hospital. That showed you how crazy he was. Anyways. It's late in the game. Miami blitzes right down the A gap. Bam! I get hit right in the side of the head, but I throw a sweet seam route right about here to Owen Spencer, number 13. He runs into the end zone, so I'm feeling good, feeling great about it. Of course, you know, I've got my receivers around me on the sideline. Band's playing the music, striking up the band. I'm playing it cool, of course, of course, of course. And then the little red phone rings. Ring, ring. And the guys are like, oh, man, that's Coach Bible. What's he going to say? Now, you've got to understand something. Dana Bible was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. He was hard on us now. But this time, 
I think I, I just threw a sweet touchdown. This is going to be good. So Smoke tells me to pick up the phone. I'm all confident, feeling great. Coach Bible, what's up? How you feeling, man? What's going on? And he says, man, that was a great throw. That was a beautiful throw. I mean, just a, just a beautiful throw. Now let me ask you something. What the were you doing the play before? See, Coach Bible was teaching me a lesson. Greatness isn't just about the big moments. Greatness is consistent flow. Every moment, every play, every second. That's a lesson I took with me from NC State. In listening to those clips again, it really is amazing how much better he's gotten at this too from 2016 to 2021. But I think it's important before we even get to the 2016 Wisconsin commencement speech, some more context and why 2016 was so weird for Russell Wilson and why it was weird for NC State fans to hear it. Because you can go back to 2012 where Russell Wilson came back on campus and he was there with Tom O'Brien. It was an alumni weekend. And they seemed like they were okay, at least based on how it was presented in the media reports. Russell Wilson is back at NC State, one year after Tom O'Brien told him not to return for his senior season. This afternoon, both men share a conversation on the state practice field. Saying hello again. I haven't seen him in a while, obviously. We've shared a few phone calls every once in a while, you know, during, you know, at, right before the Rose Bowl. You know, Russell's an alumni. It's uh, alumni weekend, and we're glad that he was able to make it back. I've got my foundation from North Carolina State University, so, you know, I, I want to have the access to be able to come back. Now, Wilson is preparing for next week's NFL draft. Question is, if Wilson were to start a game on Monday Night Football, to which school would he claim allegiance? thought about saying Wisconsin. I didn't think that, you know, I feel like that was right to NC State. I like just saying NC State. That wasn't right. So I thought about maybe uh, Wolf Badger or something, something like that, you know. But I have to get some ideas off of Twitter and see what people think. Jason Jennings, WRAL Sports, Raleigh. Adam Gold and I even talked to Russell Wilson in 2013, and Adam actually rewound to 2012, asking Russell Wilson about breaking the ice with T.O.B. Going back to last summer and the announcement that you were going to play at Wisconsin, I'm sure you've dealt with this hundreds of thousands of times already. Um, I'm just curious, who broke the ice? Because it seemed to me... To be a, at the very least, there was a difference of uh, maybe an opinion on how the whole thing unfolded with you not coming back to state, ending up at Wisconsin. Uh, was there ice broken? Did ice have to be broken between you and Coach? Uh, it was a, just a situation where, um, uh, you know, Coach O'Brien thought it was the best situ- situation for NC State to move on. And, you know, and I was blessed and fortunate enough to graduate in three years and have the opportunity to go anywhere I wanted to. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting my release, and I could go anywhere I wanted. And I narrowed it down to Auburn, Wisconsin. It was a blessing in my life. It was a great situation for me to be able to play at the University of Wisconsin. It's an unbelievable place to play, great atmosphere, great great people, and I, I had great teammates around me, and that was the fun part. Did you guys communicate during the regular season at all, or did it wait till the off offseason? Uh, no, we didn't really communicate too much during the regular season at all. Um, you know, just, you know, I think he sent me a text and I sent him a text back, back and forth a little bit near the Rose Bowl time. But other than that, uh, not too many discussions. But it was, you know, one of those things where I'm focused on playing football and, and concentrating on what I'm doing. You know, I'm playing for the Wisconsin Badgers and we had a great season. It was an unbelievable time for me and, and my family. And I know my dad was watching every game. And then the following year, in 2014, 
he comes back on campus again. Now Dave Dorn's the head coach at NC State, and they honored his jersey. He's talking glowingly about his time at NC State. Saturday afternoon ceremony was only ever just a matter of time for the Wolfpack's beloved Russell Wilson. When I was a senior, going into my senior year in high school, and I remember coming down to NC State and seeing all the jerseys you know, on the, uh, on the, in the stadium. And I remember, never, never forget I was there with my brother and my dad and just telling them that uh, you know, my goal was to be the next quarterback to be up on that board. Mission accomplished, albeit in a less direct, road-less-traveled route. Leaving NC State was tough for me. You know, it was one of those things I wanted to play all four years here, um, finish my career, and and uh, you know win an ACC championship. Uh, you know, the plans kind of changed a little bit, so I, I had to move on. Wilson's well-documented departure from Raleigh to minor league baseball, back to college football in Wisconsin, would have left most with reservations about returning. But as the five foot eleven Super Bowl champion shown time and time again. He's anything but normal. This school will never leave me. You know, it's just one of those things that uh, I, I, I grew up here. I was like a little puppy and just kind of continued to grow. Wilson's digits won't be retired in the traditional sense. The jersey will still be reworn with a patch. A constant reminder that whomever dons the 1-6 will have quite the legacy to live up to. Jared Fialco, WRAL Sports, Raleigh. So we just provided you instances where it's not like Russell Wilson's been shy about his love for the Wolfpack. He has not been shy about his time at NC State being important to him. And if his issue is with Tom O'Brien, I think most people would recognize that, which then gets us to 2016 and the Wisconsin speech, where I guess he felt the need to embellish for the cheap pop from Wisconsin graduates with the Southern accent. And the other thing, too, that I know you and I have referenced, but I don't think people have really heard it, needlessly bringing Elliot Avent into it, the NC State baseball coach who gave him every opportunity and did so many things for him, including getting him on campus in the first place, and then not even naming him and making him seem like he was just another yokel who didn't see the brilliance of Russell Wilson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So what was so wrong with the 2016 graduation speech at Wisconsin? Well, let's start with the obvious. Twice during the speech, Wilson gave Tom O'Brien a Southern accent. O'Brien was born and raised in Cincinnati and clearly does not have a Southern accent, or as Wilson called it, a country voice. Coincidentally, Russell Wilson was also born in Cincinnati, but he grew up in Richmond. The first time Wilson erroneously gives O'Brien the country voice was when he was retelling a story 
from the 2008 August football training camp, which we covered in this podcast, when O'Brien had briefly decided to switch Wilson to safety. I mean, I know I can play quarterback. I, I just need the chance. About two weeks before our first game, my coach calls me into his office and tells me I'm not getting that chance. Excuse my country voice here, but he says, son, I'm switching your position. I'm moving you to safety. He's not asking me. He's telling me. I could have just gone along with it. <laughs> Maybe I should have just gone along with it. But for whatever reason, I wasn't ready to take no for an answer. The second time Wilson gives O'Brien a country voice in the 2016 Wisconsin graduation speech was to set up Wilson's exit from NC State in 2011. The summer before my senior year of college, I'm playing minor league baseball. I call my football coach at NC State and say, hey coach, I'd like to come back for my senior, senior year. And he told me I wasn't coming back. He said, listen son, you're never going to play in the National Football League. You're too small, there's no chance. You got no shot, give it up. Of course, I'm on this side of the phone saying, so you're telling me I'm not going to come back to NC State? I won't see the field? He said, no, son. You won't see the field. So your response to this might be, well, it's just an accent. It helps tell the story. And mine is, okay, but why? Russell Wilson didn't need to do that to make his point. It also diminishes his credibility by twisting minor details that he didn't need to embellish. What Wilson is saying isn't wrong. It's just the way that he's saying it is. If you can't get the basic facts right, it makes you wonder, what else did you get wrong? Secondly, and more importantly, the country voice implies, at best, that people from NC State are slow, backwoods, and stupid. That's not a picture you want to paint of your alma mater. And at worst, the use of son implies a racial overtone from O'Brien, which was in no way, shape, or form in line with his character. The other part of Wilson's 2016 speech at Wisconsin that was exaggerated, and in parts just flat out wrong, was when he was retelling a story about his junior season in baseball with the Wolfpack. The point here is Wilson was loose with the facts for no reason. He did hit a game-winning home run against UC Irvine during the 2010 season, and that anecdote stands alone on its own merits. Wilson didn't have to make up the numbers that went with the story, as if none of the country folk back in Raleigh would remember or would have access to the internet. Another time life told me no was during my junior year when I was playing baseball. My freshman and sophomore year at NC State, I had about 450 to 500 at-bats. Now it's the first few weeks of my junior, junior season, the draft eligible year, and I'm barely playing, and honestly, I don't know why. Quick fact check here. In Russell Wilson's freshman year at NC State, he had 71 at-bats. In his second year, he had 72. That's 143 total in his freshman and sophomore years, not about 450 to 500. Then in his junior year, which was his draft-eligible year, he had 98 at-bats. He also pitched for 12 innings. This was the first time that Russell had pitched at NC State because NC State baseball coach Elliot Avent was one of the biggest advocates for Russell Wilson and one of the biggest fans of Russell Wilson and one of the primary reasons that Russell Wilson ever got to NC State in the first place. While Wilson doesn't name Avent in this story, it's pretty clear that he's taking a shot at his baseball coach for not playing him more. When quite clearly the record shows... Wilson played more in his draft-eligible year than he did at any other point in his college baseball career. And this one weekend we played UC Irvine. Both, top, both teams are top five in the country. And, I mean, I don't play at all. The whole weekend, nothing. 
I'm not going to lie. I was pretty frustrated. Two more missed points here by Wilson. UC Irvine was ranked in the top five of the country, but NC State wasn't ranked. And then when he says, I didn't play the whole weekend, nothing. Well, that was a one-off game in Myrtle Beach. The UC Irvine game was on a Friday, so he didn't wait around the whole weekend. They only played one time. So I decided I'm not going to complain. Instead, every time our defense comes in and we're up to bat, I put my helmet on, I put my gloves on, no more Garcia Parra style. <laughs> I get my bat in hand, and I stand there waiting. First inning, second inning, third inning, all the way to the 10th. We get to the bottom of the 10th or the 11th, and there's two guys on base with one out. I'm just sitting there with my helmet on looking like a dork, and a guy pops up, two outs. Then I hear it, Wilson, you're up. So I go to the plate, and this guy's pitching it nasty. I'm talking, he's throwing 125 miles per hour, if that's possible. I mean, fuego. I mean, he's legit. The first pitch is a slider, and what do I do with it? Swing and miss. Next pitch, a slider in the dirt. Swing again, shouldn't have swung. Strike two. I'm one strike away from losing the game. It's the first time I've played in a while. The guy throws me a fastball high and inside. I'm thinking to myself, I still don't know to this day why he threw me a fastball. And what do I do with it? Wham! Boom! Game over. Hit it over the fence. One last factual hiccup here from Wilson. He actually got his first at-bat in the ninth inning of that game and grounded out. He stayed in the game and played left field in the 10th. Irvine scored two runs, and in the bottom of the 10th, NC State tied the game up. And then with one out, Wilson got back up, and yes, indeed, he hit a walk-off three-run home run to give NC State a 7-4 to win. Again, the, his main points are correct. It's just the little details around the story that he felt the need to embellish when he really didn't have to. And in the case of implying that Elliot Avent, his baseball coach, did not showcase him in his junior year, his draft-eligible year, well, that was just flat-out wrong. If you've learned anything over the first five episodes of this podcast, it's that Elliot Avent is the biggest advocate and fan of Russell Wilson there can be. French is the chairman and CEO of French West Vaughn, a Raleigh-based integrated marketing firm that works with some of the world's most recognizable brands and individuals. Rick has spent plenty of time at NC State games, and he could see Wilson's potential back then, and he represented him as he entered the NFL as a rookie. Rick hears stuff like, I want to be the next fill-in-the-blank all the time. But we know that the chances of it actually happening are rare. But clearly, it's his job to help them realize those dreams. But Rick will admit that Wilson's charisma made him a believer early on. Honestly, I believed him. Uh, I believed him because he exudes confidence. And he had a reputation for teammates gravitating to him. He has a gravitational pull to him. And and I could never understand at the time how he could fall to the third round of that draft where there were guys uh, who were drafted ahead of him at the quarterback position who were had uh, didn't have close to the college career that Russell had. And so when he said he was going to do that, we believed that he was going to do that. Now, 
I'm not sure that we could have predicted that he would do it as quickly as he did it. So we had an interesting um, early opportunity for Russell, and it was with Toyota. And, and they were very interested, once he had been named starting quarterback in Seattle, with, uh, with doing a car deal with him. And when we, we brought him the opportunity, uh, he wasn't that excited about it. He, he saw himself, and he said it jokingly, but I think this kind of goes to how he sees himself. Uh, he saw himself as a Mercedes guy. And Mercedes, we had reached out to Mercedes, and Mercedes at that point wasn't interested because they didn't, weren't sure that Russell Wilson was going to be the superstar that he would become. So um, Toyota was going to tie this to some local appearances and would give him a, a very nice vehicle. It was going to be, I think, a, a, one of the hybrid version Highlanders and so on. But Russell was not interested in that deal. And eventually, I think he got his Mercedes deal and then some. He might have got a Bentley deal <laughs> later on. Uh, but, uh, but he saw himself at a different level. He saw, he saw himself as a premium brand from the very early days. He has, he has such a strong belief in his abilities. And I don't think, I wouldn't confuse that with being cocky. I think he has a swagger, but he's he, he, he brings everyone else along. He expects them to come up to his level, and that's everybody that he works with around him. And I give them a lot of credit because I see uh, a lot of athletes that have a, uh, part of the phrase, inflated sense of self-worth and what they're going to do. And some of the people around them don't do anything to necessarily support or elevate them. They're just hanger-ons. And uh, Russell was kind enough in many cases to start referring clients to us. I remember when we first started working with Tori and Terrence Holt, um, Tori reached out to Russell and Russell couldn't say enough nice things about his experience in working with us, even though CIA had come along and poached him and given him a full three, uh, 360 degree deal. And we weren't working with him anymore. And Russell was still referring clients to us and actually serving as a, uh, a reference for us. There's, I think, a public persona of who Russell Wilson is. And privately, he hasn't lost his sense of grounding. He wants everybody rowing in the same direction with him. And if, if you're doing that and you're part of his team, he's very loyal to you. And I've always re- admired that about him. Now, I want to make sure I've made something abundantly clear. Russell Wilson, believing his own story, his own motivational tale, that's not unique. I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest example of creating bad guys in his superhero story to take down. We all watched The Last Dance on ESPN. It became a running joke. It's a meme today. That's when it became personal to me. Now, Russell Wilson isn't to that level of Michael Jordan, of turning any little slight into this motivational thing, but clearly his time at NC State and how things ended with Tom O'Brien was a catalyst for his own superhero origin story. But here's the thing. We don't have to tell the story the way Russell Wilson tells the story. And this is where another aspect of frustration comes through, especially with people like us, who were here at that time, or NC State fans. All you got to do is ask, or in this case, all you got to do is listen 
to the previous five episodes of this podcast to get a good idea of the layers that were involved with Russell Wilson's exit from NC State. Jonathan Jones is a senior NFL reporter for CBS Sports. Now, what you might not know is that Jonathan Jones is local, grew up in North Carolina, went to the University of North Carolina, where he worked for the Daily Tar Heel, went on to cover the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer before going national with Sports Illustrated, and now he's with CBS. I actually got to know Jonathan Jones after he wrote his column for the Daily Tar Heel, making fun of the Russell Wilson Senior Day at NC State. And he always tells me it's important to know, once you get into that NFL news cycle, it's really hard to pay attention to what's going on on the college level, especially somewhere like the Triangle. Well, here's the here's the dirty little secret uh, about a lot of national NFL reporters and talking heads and whatnot. They don't watch a ton of college football. And I'm putting myself in that category. The more that I've gotten to be a national NFL reporter uh, over the years, the less I have watched college football. We're traveling on Saturdays, going to a game, going into the studio and whatnot. We frankly just don't have the time. So that's number one. We get all of our, we, we get a lot of our information during the season through scouts. And then after the season, it's, you know, speaking more to scouts and executives as they dive in to draft. What you have with Russell Wilson is once he enters the draft, this is post-Wisconsin. This is not post-NC State. It's not fresh in a lot of people's minds. And if you weren't paying attention to guys who were not draft eligible or who were not coming out of the, or coming into the draft uh, you know, a year or two previous, then that's not going to be at the top of mind. And then finally, the fact is that, yeah, I, of course we all, uh, anyone who's listening, we all were watching NC State and UNC, and we knew about Russell Wilson's exploits, no question about it. But nationally, they weren't paying attention to a seven or eight, nine win NC State program, especially when the quarterback, who was his height and still far away from being drafted, um, it, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't an issue. And so once you finally get to that point in Wisconsin, you sort of lose some things in translation. I don't think it's that hard of a story to get down. I've never thought that. But if I had to offer some sort of explanation, that's the best I can offer on why a very simple story has never fully been understood nationally. It's been addressed a few times in this podcast, but it's worth repeating. Wisconsin's profile is higher than NC State's profile, and that factored into Russell Wilson's profile being raised with it. And look, that's not meant to be a knock on NC State. It It's just kind of what it is. Bomani Jones of ESPN loves college football, even though his favorite team, Texas, hasn't given him much to be excited about over the last couple of years. While Bomani Jones was doing Triangle Sports Talk Radio as Russell Wilson was coming up with NC State, he got a unique perspective on Wolfpack fans, these market dynamics, that not a lot of national people get. So for Bomani, he understands the story, but he also understands why nationally college football fans and college football media are not looking at NC State the same way we do. There was a building action in the course of that year where it became clear that Russell Wilson was something, right? And the culmination of it was that 41-14 to game at Keenan where they just blew Carolina's doors off in a season where Carolina looked like they had a real chance to make some noise. It took us a while to understand and realize the caliber of player that Russell Wilson was. By the time he gets to Wisconsin and he basically, look, if not for a Kirk Cousins Hail Mary, 
and a Braxton Miller Hail Mary that year, I think Russell Wilson would have won the Heisman Trophy. So the idea that there was a Heisman Trophy caliber player at North Carolina State, I think was so mind-blowing to people that they can't imagine a, a situation or circumstance where you would not beg him to stay no matter what, right? They didn't go through the three years, and it wasn't really a back and forth for the three years, but there was always the specter of Glennon. The expectation was always that Glennon was going to wind up being the starter at that at some point. So you had all these things that were running together at the same time, and nationally, they don't really get to know Russell Wilson until he looks like a Heisman Trophy winner, and then two years later, he wins the Super Bowl, and everybody points, and it's like, ha, 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 how could you dummies not keep Russell Wilson? And it's like, it's complicated, guys, as you might expect it would be for a school like NC State to tell Russell Wilson thanks, but no thanks. Like, the thought was that going from Russell Wilson to Glennon was not going to be some supreme drop-off, and the truth is it wasn't. Like, I mean, Russell was definitely a better player, but it's not like they brought some bum in behind him. They brought a legitimate NFL player in behind him but I also just don't think for the national people you really got to stop and walk through all the steps for anybody to really understand just how complex that situation was because yeah from a distance how could you dare let Russell Wilson go away and even you know people like me and everybody else are like no nah, I can see how they would do that I don't know if you heard but they gave him a senior day I never considered that he was coming back for that following year Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Russell Wilson's exit from NC State is like a Rorschach test for Wolfpack fans. Some look at the ink spot and see Wilson's side, especially in hindsight with Wilson's success in the NFL. And others, well, they can understand O'Brien's side. Starting with Wolfpack baseball coach Elliot Avent, who recruited Russell Wilson as an unknown shortstop out of Richmond, I asked the different people who participated in this podcast the same question. Do you think NC State did Russell Wilson wrong? Yes. I think I think we should have found a way to keep Russell Wilson in NC State, no question. But I do think it helped his success to go to Wisconsin, even though I still think it was one of the, the worst things. Uh, like you said, I might be the biggest NC State fan there is, and I've been an NC State fan since I was probably five years old, and the two biggest things that's always bothered me about as long as I've loved this university is how we treated Valvano on the way out the door and the Russell Wilson things. That's the two biggest things that's probably bothered me. On the other end of the spectrum from Avent is Mike Glennon, the nine-year NFL quarterback who replaced Wilson in 2011. Glennon was Wilson's backup in 2008, 09, and 10 but he was the quarterback that was there in the spring and in the offseason when Wilson wasn't and was playing baseball. When O'Brien, the Navy grad and the Marine, talked about commitment, Mike Lennon understood it wasn't just lip service. Do you think NC State did Russell Wilson wrong? Um, I, th- I don't know if... I can't say that they did him wrong. I don't know how I want to phrase this. They made him... They may have done him wrong, but he didn't do him any favors in the way he handled it either. Like, 
he's not completely innocent here in, in whatever the decision made. I mean, he played a role, and there's reasons why he did. I mean, it, he, he, he wasn't fully committed to them before they were not committed to him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Brian was in a tough spot. And, like, I'm not trying to hype myself. Okay, I'm, I'm obviously not the player Russell is. He's a future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winning, MVV caliber player. I am a upper echelon backup quarterback in the NFL. An upper echelon backup quarterback in the NFL would probably be the best quarterback in a lot of team uh, schools history. And Russell's career record at NC State was like one game over 500. My game, my record was, I want to say like two games over 500. Like it's not like we were winning AC championships, national championships with Russell. Like. Right. He went five and seven one year or whatever you said. You know, like we didn't even go to a bowl game one year with him. So I don't know why uh, I get why NC States, you know, are so upset about it and love Russell. But it wasn't like he was lighting, like we were winning. He was playing well, but it wasn't like we were winning all these ball games with him. He got better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, which happens. And <laughs> I get the whole pack of Badgers and all that, but. Yeah. Coach Bible deserves a lot of credit for Russell's success. Yeah. Like he 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 played well at Wisconsin, but to me the reason why he had so much success early on right away as an NFL player was because of Coach Bible and the system we were we were running a basic NFL offense at NC State that he got to play in and learn from for 4 years. Me I got to play in for 5 years. And I think that is a huge reason why he had the success early in his career. Obviously, what he's doing now is is all him. But I think um, Coach Bible deserves a lot of credit in the uh, the success that Russell's had. Not every former NC State football teammate saw it the same way as Glennon. Wayne Crawford was Wilson's first roommate at NC State, and then the two remained friends throughout Wilson's playing career. I don't know. That's a that's a loaded question. Fairness is you know life isn't fair. I think they did as much as they could from the capacity that they had. I think it, as a whole. Their transition from and from BC to NC State was very, very different in terms of the people they were coaching. Yeah, let me put it this way: Do you think they did right by him? No, no, uh, no, not at all. Because if Russ, Russ comes back towards last year, you know, it's not a step. By that time, these are these are three-year starting quarterbacks. So he was close to some 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 milestones, real milestones at NC State. And I thought I, I didn't. One interesting response to the same question. Did Tom O'Brien and NC State do Russell Wilson wrong? It's from Aaron Henry. Henry was Wilson's former teammate at Wisconsin and then later had worked at NC State as an assistant coach. Leave it to the Wisconsin guy to find a little bit of middle ground between Wilson and O'Brien. Well, I, I think it's two ways to look at that, right? I think at the time, you know, Tom O'Brien had two NFL quarterbacks on his roster in Glennon. So, I mean, it, you can look at that if, if Russell doesn't leave, Maybe Glennon leaves, and now Glennon goes somewhere else, like a Wisconsin, like a program that allows him to kind of do that similar thing. And now Glennon's a big time quarterback. I mean, this, I mean, this thing could have went a million different directions. I, and I don't, I think that's a hard situation to be in. If, if I'm Tom O'Brien, I can tell you this: if I'm Tom O'Brien, Russell, you want to play baseball? Okay, you're gonna go play baseball. I'm, I'm going to let you play baseball. That's just me knowing. After knowing that cat, you can go play baseball, big dog. All right. You can you can gladly go and play baseball. We need you back here at this time. I at least need you to be here for half the spring, you know. But the kid, I mean, I always put, try to put myself in a position of if that's my son, what am I going to allow him to do, you know? And I get it. 
there's a there, there's a quarterback competition, you know, which obviously O'Brien was in the middle of. But I, I just think that that's really really hard as a head coach to, you know, you got one kid who's there all the time, and the other kid is like he wants to play baseball, he wants to, and he's not. And I know for a quarterback, you got it's a lot of reps you got to get. Yeah. You got to get to know the the, the coordinator. You got to get to know your players. You know, and so he was. I think he was just in a tough spot, man. To be honest with you, again, being a Russell fan, you know, <laughs> being a big Russell fan, I just think it's I'm letting him go and play baseball and tell him to come back when he can. To close out the responses, let's go to Kyle Wilson, who's now the hitting coach for the Durham Bulls. In 2010, he was NC State's top hitter, and he remained friends with Russell Wilson after he had transferred to Wisconsin, and even went to the Rose Bowl in 2012. Kyle Wilson makes a point that is worth remembering for those who see the Rorschach test on Russell Wilson's side. The way that it worked out, with Wilson having the success that he did at Wisconsin in the bigger spotlight, on the bigger stage, was actually in Wilson's favor. Not that Tom O'Brien was intentionally trying to help Russell Wilson, but in the end, he really did. You know, I I don't know Tom Tom O'Brien at all. Uh, I've never even said one word to that guy. But I, I do think there was... Um, the the writing on the wall was pretty clear. You know, if hey, if you go do this, like, and I think Tom was probably over fighting the the battle. You know, of, of a two sport athlete, he had you know Glennon coming in, who was I think his his recruit, his big time recruit under center. So I think he wanted to to give him an opportunity. Um, he was probably three or four years into school at that point, so it was it was time to kind of move on. And you know what? I think if you were to ask Russell today. Um, I don't know if he would 100% believe this or say this, but I think like Tom and and Russell moving on from NC State was probably the best thing for Russell. I know that's probably not a hot take as as an NC State grad, but you know I would have loved to see him come back and and play football for NC State and finish off his career there. But it's hard to say that the way things worked out uh, wasn't in Russell's best interest. That's for sure. So after six episodes, a dozen interviews, and all of the deep cuts from the WREL and 99.9 The Fan Archives, thank you so much to Jason Jennings for finding all of those, by the way. What did you learn and never failed? First thing I'd say is, no matter who we talk to, everyone has a Russell Wilson story. His laser focus, the uncanny determination, the belief that he was destined for his current stardom in the NFL, those traits were always there. And they were recognized by everyone who met Wilson, despite the fact that he was unheralded and overlooked before he got to NC State. I've learned that we could all use a dose of Mike Glennon's honesty and self-awareness. I already knew how NC State baseball coach Elliot Avent felt about Russell Wilson. And after Wilson's graduation speech at NC State, I'm glad everyone else understands that too. And that Wilson gave Avent the shout out that he deserved. But I didn't know how true a believer former NC State offensive coordinator Mark Trespin was. Trespin, who spent most of his career in the NFL, gave Wilson a third-round grade after watching Wilson, then only 17, in one informal workout. I had no idea that it was Trespin who had worked with Pete Carroll with the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers, who had talked to Carroll during the Senior Bowl and before the NFL draft, and recommended to Carroll 
that he take Wilson in the draft. I'd suggest the gregarious Seahawks coach, a former NC State assistant coach himself, by the way, owes Trespin one, or maybe two. And I already knew that Tom O'Brien was stubborn, but this podcast reinforced that. In the end, O'Brien was right about one thing with Wilson. Once he committed to football, which is what O'Brien wanted all along, Wilson's career took off. Wilson left NC State and left his baseball dreams in North Carolina and has never looked back. I'll close the podcast with this story from 2012. It was November 29th. I remember the date because it's Wilson's birthday. Four days earlier, O'Brien had been fired by NC State Athletic Director Debbie Yao after a 7-5 regular season. I met O'Brien at the Irish Bar right next to his downtown condo. In two hours, we covered his six years at NC State. The good, the bad, and pretty much everything in between. Wilson's face had popped up on the TV behind the bar. The PTI crew on ESPN was wishing Wilson a happy birthday. Look, I said to O'Brien, there's your guy, and I pointed to the TV. O'Brien picked up his beer, took a sip, and said, he'll never forgive me. I knew the answer, but I asked anyway. Why? O'Brien, without missing a beat, responded, he just never saw it the same way that I did. The it, of course, was O'Brien's decision to move on from Wilson. The coach and the star quarterback, the Marine and the baseball dreamer, they were never going to see it the same way. Hopefully after this podcast, you have a better understanding why. I'm Joe Giglio, and for Joe Ovius, we appreciate you listening and look forward to providing you more podcast content in the near future. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.